The following is a special presentation of the Grand Valley Sports Network. Welcome to Anchor Up Weekly, powered by DTE Energy. An hour-long snapshot of everything GVSU Athletics, with updates on all 20 varsity sports, in-depth conversations with coaches, athletes, special guests, and more. Now, here's your host, Tim Knott and Jake Levy. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Anchor Up Weekly. The fall sports season is off and rolling. The Lakers firing on all cylinders across basically every sport. A very fun show for you coming up because a lot of victories for Grand Valley State here this past week. My name is Jake Levy, joined as always by Tim Knott. The Lakers not only got plenty of victories, they also swept the GLIAC in terms of Players of the Week. So a lot to talk about, Tim, over this next hour. Why don't you run us down first to get us started and tell us kind of what happened this past week. Well, it, it, it definitely was a great weekend, Jake. Football claimed a 45-24 victory over Wisconsin Lacrosse uh, before a crowd of 9,000, over 9,000 at Lubber Stadium. Uh, the volleyball team swept the UP for the first time since 2015, defeating Michigan Tech 3-2 and Northern Michigan 3-0. And the soccer team also swept in the UP, uh, beating Northern Michigan 4-0 and B Michigan Tech on Sunday 2-0, while tennis competed in the ITA Regionals in Indianapolis. That's women's tennis, that is. And uh, currently the men's golf team is competing at the Doc Sprague Invitational in Finley, Ohio. That's right, and cross-country participating in that Spartan invite out in East Lansing on Friday, and what a showing for them as well. The men winning the field, the women coming in second place overall, but first among D1 schools. The only team to beat them, how about Michigan State, who finished top five in the nation in that spring cross-country season last year at the D1 level. So a really, really impressive showing all the way across the board. Five Lakers earning GLIAC Player of the Week honors, so a lot to celebrate for Grand Valley this week. And yeah, we've got this coming up to talk about all of those Sports in depth. You're going to hear from basically every coach that participated here this week. We've got interviews with Matt Mitchell, Jason Johnson, Jim Conlin, and of course, Jerry Baltus towards the end of our program as well. And then a fun segment for you as well. One of our graduate assistants in the Athletic Communications Department, Allison Priggy, she had a fun interview with a couple of volleyball girls, the Blaney sisters, both playing for Coach Johnson on that volleyball team. Julia, the freshman, so she's kind of getting worked back into it. But Haley, the older sister, both of them sitting down with Allison to talk about that. So that'll be a really fun interview to talk about an interesting dynamic on a program that is uh, off to a really good start in GLIAC play. And Tim, we kind of talked about it, and we'll talk about each sport but for soccer volleyball they get into their GLIAC season this past weekend both have to make the longest trip of the conference up to the UP and both of them coming out with sweeps is uh, pretty incredible yeah, it, well it was you know volleyball continued the road trip they opened in Colorado then went down to southern Illinois for a tournament and then the track to the UP uh, for their opening uh, matches of the year and gr great job by Jason Johnson and the volleyball team going 2-0 at two schools that are very very tough to to win at in terms of Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan, traditionally strong volleyball institutions, and they're good this year. Michigan Tech earlier this year defeated number two ranked, uh, uh, I think it was Minnesota. Um, Duluth, I think. Is Duluth, yeah, because the Northern Sun is really strong in volleyball. Oh, yeah. They have like five of the top ten teams in the country. So, yeah, you uh, can just pick any of those Minnesota directional yeah, schools. Southwest and they probably Minnesota State we lost to, uh, and, and, and Colorado, Minnesota, Duluth, Concordia, St. Paul, um, a very strong institution. So, so to go 2-0 in the U.P., Great accomplishment for Jason Johnson, and what a great way to start the year. They've now won five straight matches. And volleyball went into this weekend four and four, and three of their losses had come in five-set matches. So the Lakers were up three sets to one on Michigan Tech at their place for Tech to jump out to a huge early lead in set four, kind of pull away from the Lakers mm -hmm. in a lopsided set four victory. Having already lost three five-set matches this year, it would have been easy to kind of hang your head on the road and say, okay, here we go again. But instead, they were able to turn it around, come back, and find a way to win. And that's something that Coach Johnson has talked quite a bit about is, you know, young teams need to learn how to win. And it's going to be a process. He knows that. They know that. But a really good start for them. So the Lakers go 2-0 in GLIAC play in both soccer and volleyball. Of course, women's soccer is back at home this week. They'll take on Parkside on Friday night. We still won't see the volleyball team for another couple no, of weeks. They don't the play road. a home match until October, but that's the other side of it too, Tim. I mean, for soccer, they went down to Missouri two weeks ago and then had to go the exact opposite direction up to the UP. You talked about it for volleyball. They've had three really long road trips in a row as well, so that resilience was really good to see. We'll talk about all of that and more. Break down everything going around GVSU Athletics. This is Anchor Up Weekly. It's powered by DTE energy know your own power when we come back we're going to talk about that gbsu football win another electric atmosphere at lubber stadium last saturday and we'll break down that victory for the lakers that moved them to 2-0 all of that when you come back with more of anchor up weekly 
This is Anchor Up Weekly, an in-depth update on GVSU Athletics on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Welcome back to Anchor Up Weekly, the weekly deep dive into GVSU Athletics. Jake Levy, Tim Knott back here with you. It's time to open up our in-depth breakdowns of each sport that played this past weekend. And we start at Lubber Stadium where GVSU football got a 45-24 victory front of 9,500 fans. It was another great atmosphere. The Lakers moved to 2-0 on the season with that win, beating Wisconsin lacrosse. A slow start, but a really fast finish and a lot to be proud of for Grand Valley State. We'll talk about all of that and more. The Lakers got Cade Peterson, Offensive Player of the Week honors for his performance. He accounted for over 300 yards of offense. The team put up over 500 yards of total offense and a really impressive display. Two Lakers went over the 1,000-yard mark for their career in rushing. Bryce Young-Walls, the senior, and then uh, Buck did it as well. So some great accolades for them as well. Arian Canvizi, they call him Buck, but he went over 1,000 yards as well. He's still got a couple of years of eligibility left too. Shows how talented he's been in the early goings for Grand Valley State in his career. So, Tim, a lot to be proud of, a lot of fun to talk about in Grand Valley State. You know, they, they were really able to hold on there early when things looked a little rocky. Well, yeah, it was a great start to the, to the game. Uh, a an eight-play, 73-yard drive that resulted in a Tariq Reed two-yard touchdown run. Um, and then uh, Wisconsin lacrosse did a good job. They What they did is they stayed in third and short. They had a very, very positive yards on first down, um, and they were able to stay in third and short or second and short, pick up first downs, um, and, and did a nice job. Tied the game at seven, and then the turnover bug hit the Lakers. Back-to-back -back plays, really, you don't see that a lot. Uh, Cade Peterson threw a pick. Um, and then uh, lacrosse went down, scored through a perfect pitch and catch in the corner of the end zone. Uh, and then on the very first play of the next drive, the Lakers fumbled. Right. And so, uh, and then on, on first down, lacrosse sco scores. It's 14-7. And then another three and out, lacrosse drives down. The Lakers really kind of took control of the game there, forced a field goal. Their trail 17-7. From that point on, the Lakers dominated play. Um, in, in terms of all facets of the game, special teams, defense, offensively. Um, but, you know, it's 17-7, but they did, you know, there was some adversity. Nobody pointed fingers. They just stayed with it, continued to fight a two-play drive that, that resulted in a 65-yard uh, touchdown pass from Peterson to Hunter Risen, and that kind of got things rolling. Yeah, that to me was the turning point yeah. in the game. When Hunter Risen goes up, makes a special play. It was a good throw by Cade, don't get me wrong, but that was an individual effort by Hunter A to go up and get that ball and B to stay in inbounds along the sideline, turn it into a touchdown, and that was the big play that kind of got the Lakers back on the ship, moving the right way, and they would wind up running away with it. But yeah, we talked to Coach after the game, and you know we'll, talk, we'll hear from him in just a little bit. But, Tim, the way that Hunter stepped up, in a moment like that. You know, we've heard about his leadership. We've seen it from the sidelines. But to see him do it between the white lines on game day and make that special play the Lakers needed, to me, spoke volumes about who this kid is. Well, I think, you know, he, he's a leader along with Bryson Walls and Dennis Johnson. There was no panic on the sideline. Right. Like, they, okay, we turned the ball over on back-to-back -back possessions, which, you know, that doesn't happen a lot in terms of, especially on first down. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lakers totaled 534 yards total offense um, on the day. They... Three drives only had one play per drive. Right. So you lost three drives of your of chances of gaining yards. Let's just say, for instance, you got, you you gained sixty yards on each one of those drives. Okay, that's another hundred eighty yards. You're you're now creeping over seven hundred yards right. in total offense. Um, but it was, it was great. They stayed together defensively. They got stops. They they started to control the game on first down. Um, Lacrosse was. It, and second and long, third and long, and then Coach Jim Lewis is able to bring pressure and uh, really confuse them and, and, and create some, you know, some some plays where the Lakers were definitely in control of the game. And it was another situation where I think, especially in the second half, Tim, you saw the depth of that defensive front really start to impose its will because they looked so fresh out there. Mm -hmm. Those three to four yard chunk gains that Wisconsin was cross was ripping on first down in the first half. That wasn't happening anymore. All of a sudden, they were losing two yards on first down. I thought Seth Hoonhorst was fantastic. Abe Swanson did a nice job getting the backfield. Brendan Brown, Damon Wesley, the linebacker core, once again had a really, really good game, particularly in the second half, of making it tougher than to really find any space to get positive yardage on first and second down. Well, yeah, and then, you know, 
with that. Though, though you know, the defense was on the field the majority of the first half with right. the turnovers. Um, in the second half, the Lakers were able to establish that running game. Uh, Cade Peterson finished with 89 yards rushing. Bryce Young Wallace, 88 yards rushing. Tariq Reed, 86 yards rushing. That led to 320 yards on 42 carries, which is a 7.6 yard per carry average for the game. You know, in, in the passing game, eight different receivers caught passes and six different players scored touchdowns on the day. Yeah, it's diverse offense, and it's by design. Coach has talked about it both weeks now, that they want this offense to be widespread. They want everybody involved. They have so many weapons. They have to utilize each and every one of them and make sure that everybody gets their touches. And I I think we heard about it after the game as well. Nobody in that locker room cares who scores the touchdown. They care that they scored a touchdown. And I think the, the team, the, the we-over-me mindset that that team has right now is awfully impressive, and especially in a sport like football, especially like a position like receiver, where you, you know, you're only going to get so many options and you got to take or so many targets, you got to take advantage of them. And the team's done a really nice job of just celebrating as a unit and not worried about who gets how many receptions, who gets how many targets. It's just, are, is our offense efficient? Are we doing what we need to do to score, win games? And that's exactly what they've been able to do. Well, you know, that's a great point. And another area... Lakers dominating special teams again. Yeah. Um, Jacob Miller, four, four kickoff returns for 124 yards, a long of 49, which set up a short field that led to a score. Um, but in terms of, you know, the opponents are averaging 1.5 yards per punt return. The Lakers are gaining 11 yards on every punt in terms of what they're averaging per punt return, what our opponents are averaging per punt return. And they're at, and they're averaging 11 more yards on kickoff returns. Lakers are averaging 33 yards per kickoff return. The, our, our opponents are averaging 22 yards. So at starting field position, the, our opponents are averaging starting field position inside the 25-yard line, where if you just fair catch it, you're at the 25. Right. So, you know, they're really dominating in, in, in that hidden yardage lost uh, area in special teams, which really – it really takes its control at the end of the game. All three phases are very important, and Grand Valley State doing a nice job of dominating in all three through the first two weeks. Now they face a GLIAC opponent this weekend, Tim. They go all the way up north. We'll be making the same drive as them up to Houghton, Michigan, for that kickoff on Saturday. And, Tim, that's a Michigan Tech team that's always well coached. They're going to be polished in that form. They have a pretty strong defense, and a guy like Will Ark, who's another tough quarterback that the Lakers have to deal with. Well, yeah, and basically they played Michigan Tech last week. Wisconsin lacrosse and Michigan Tech are very similar uh, styles in terms of football. Uh, they're going to bleed the clock down to zero before they snap it. It's going to be a play-action pass offense you're going to see. They want to establish the run and then throw the play-action pass off the run to the tight ends and backs. They're not going to drop back in a five-step uh, situation and just sling the ball downfield. Uh, it's going to be a controlled passing game, a lot of underneath routes, which you saw last week. That's what Wisconsin lacrosse had success with early um, and th- throwing the tight end, throwing the back out of the backfield. They didn't, you know, when they got in trouble when they tried to throw the ball downfield. Yep. There's just no time. The defensive line was able to get pressure. Michigan Tech, same thing. Uh, they're not going to est- try to establish a five-step passing game. It's going to be short routes, intermediate routes out to the tight ends and, and running backs out of the backfield. Yeah, and I mean, Will Ark is another guy that can extend plays. I think that's something that I, I was glad the Lakers had to deal with that. This past weekend is, uh, you know, that's Parks was able to move around. He's a D1 transfer, so of course he's got some talent. He was seen. It was a senior. He's a veteran. He knew what he was doing. He wasn't rattled easily. Arc's going to be kind of the same way. So the Lakers have that dry dress rehearsal basically mm-hmm. before going up to face Tech. Well, we talked to Coach Mitchell yesterday to break down last week's game as well as preview Michigan Tech. So here he is right now. Let's turn it over to Coach Mitch. Coach, a two and zero start to the year. A little bit of a slow start on Saturday afternoon, but a really fast finish. What did you see from your team? Well, it's awesome to be two and zero. A couple mistakes we made especially in the first half that I think are great teachable moments as this team continues to improve and grow. Um, You know, offensively, we had 12 possessions. We gave three of those 12 possessions away with a first play turnover in each of those drives, yet we still had over uh, 500 yards offense, 300 yards rushing. Um, I thought Cade Peters was extremely efficient throwing the ball. We had some big explosive plays. Hunter Risen was on the receiving end of two of those, uh, ran the ball effectively. So when you look back offensively, uh, did a really good job maximizing our possessions, a lot of TDs, one field goal, uh, a try and then but just can't turn the ball over you know so learn some probably hard lessons about that throughout the course of the contest defensively um, great against the run uh, did not give up a run over 12 yards the entire night um, just a couple times that their quarterback and receiver who we knew were good players heading in exposed us sometimes in man coverage and exposed us in zone and so <clears throat> we uh, didn't play great necessarily the first you know, quarter, quarter and a half, kind of settled in, played better in the second half. Coach, a big word that you've used throughout the early part of the season is the word fracture. Your team doesn't fracture in big moments. You're down 17-7, 
couple of turnovers. There's really some moments this team could have fractured. From the outside, at least, we didn't see any fracture. No, and I think that's because we've spent a lot of time. That's what we all we got. We spent a lot of time on things. I mean, I'm trying to prep our team for adversity, everything that we do, and we spent a lot of time on that. And I think we have really good leadership. That's something we talked about as staff that maybe you don't see in the stands. But Cade Peterson, Hunter Risen, our captain, Ethan Culberson, our senior center, unbelievable job on the bench and at halftime really getting guys going. Same thing defensively. Dennis Johnson, one of our captains, and also Antonio Strong, one of our all-conference safeties stuck things together. So even though the coaches are saying, I think we're getting belief and buy-in by the players, and it's a great observation by you. Um, we weathered that, and so we can learn and grow from it. You always say the biggest growth is from week one to week two, and I think we really saw that with Katie. Took some more shots downfield. He really looked even more poised if that was possible. What did you see from your quarterback? I thought he threw the ball extremely well. You know, for us, having seen him in fall camp, we felt in week one maybe didn't throw the ball as, as effectively. Um, got back to better fundamentals, uh, mechanics, uh, throughout the course of a week of practice, and I thought he threw it really well. The one pick, if you take that away, he was extremely, like I said, efficient and explosive throwing the ball. Uh, pulled it and ran it one time on something where he had an opportunity. Uh, had a little cramp there towards the end where he would have <laughs> scored, but you know, I thought he, again, was really in control of the football game, and we needed him to be in control against that opponent. He sure was, and speaking of the running game, you had two rushers during this game go over 1,000 yards for their career. You had Buck do it, and then later on, Bryce young Walls, who's had a great career, a storied career with Grant Valley State. What do those two mean to you in this program? Well, Bryce is another one of our leaders, and he's been through so much in our program, so I'm really happy for him individually to have that opportunity to basically go through injuries and a lot of things in a COVID year to come back for kind of that super senior year and have that moment. Uh, that feels good. Um, we've had, you know, 50 years of Grand Valley football. There hasn't been a ton of thousand yard rushers and to get two on the same afternoon is a pretty unique mile, milestone. Uh, Buck, obviously that, you know, shows how talented he is. and He's still got a couple years of eligibility left. Um, wish he wouldn't have turned the ball over in the first series. So I think that maybe overshadowed his moment with a thousand yards. Uh, but he's going to continue to grow on that list because he's a very big, violent runner. And we're going to have to, as the season progresses, really lean on him and Tariq Reed. On the defensive side, the front seven was once again really, really good. You talked about how important it was to stop the run, and this defense did that until the very end. Yeah, we did a really good job of uh, you know not giving up explosive runs like we talked about. And I think the second half too, uh, Jake, you saw a lot of negative runs. Uh, we got better as the game went on. I think that's a rotation and depth that we talked about in the previous show with the defensive line. We got more negative runs. It put them into some longer third downs, and I think that was a key factor. We had them behind the sticks why they did not convert a third down the entire second half because of the nature of what they were doing. Pass rush uh, with only one sack was frustrating. I think that's a product a little bit of RPOs. I think it's a product of screen game, quick game. I also think that their quarterback is a really good player, and I give him a ton of credit for coming into Lubbers and really competing. He had a day, and uh, he flushed out the pocket and made some throws on the move. And uh, I would argue, you know, that that quarterback, um, I don't care if it's Division three, he would have started a lot of schools in our league. Um, he transferred from Division one. A very comfortable, very efficient thrower. He sure was, but the Lakers get the victory. Now you turn your attention to a GLIAC opponent to go on the road up north of the bridge for the first time on the road this year. What can we expect this weekend? Yeah, I mean, obviously Tech, uh, really tough at home in Houghton. Um, this is going to be the first road trip for most of my team. Not a lot of guys have done this. Um, and especially going up to the UP, so we'll have to we'll focus in on our travel and making sure that we're doing the right things in the preparation for the game. Uh, Tech always has a really strong defense, always have, and they've really pitched a lot of the first two games. They're one-on-one, -on -one, but they played great defense the first two games. Well, you've played them twice this year, so don't show all your secrets this weekend, but have a great trip up there. Coach, looking forward to joining you. Get going with another win. Okay, thanks, Jake. We'll be back right after this. Anchor Up Weekly, presented by DTE Energy on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Anchor Up Weekly rolls on here on the ticket as we welcome you on back. It's all powered by DTE Energy. Know your own power. Jake Levy, Tim Knott back with you. We just talked about GBSU football. Heard from Coach Mitch. They are going up to the UP this weekend. So now let's talk about a couple of teams that already made that trip this past weekend. GVSU soccer, first off, went up to the Upper Peninsula and got two victories over GLIAC opponents to open up their conference schedule, taking down Northern Michigan 4 to nothing on Friday and then beating Michigan Tech 2 to nothing on Sunday. In that game on Sunday, Callie Rich made seven saves. She made eight total for the weekend to earn GLIAC Defensive Player of the Week. It's the first weekly honor of her career and the second time in three weeks the Lakers have earned GLIAC Defensive Player of the Week. So a good start defensively. The Lakers now 6-0, and 2-0 in conference play. Five shutouts. But, Tim, let's start with this. Six goals scored this weekend, scored by six different Lakers. Really highlights that we-over-me mentality that we've seen with football as well. Well, I think... You, you, 
you're seeing that uh, they're really coming into their own in terms of, you know, it's somebody different every game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a tough team to defend when you have multiple individuals that can score goals. And, it's and you know, um, Ava Cook was a, a linchpin of, uh, offensively for the Lakers soccer team in the last few years. And and now the girls are starting to feel their own. I mean, they're hey, this is this is my time to shine here. Uh, you know, it's my turn to score the goals. It's my turn to – you know take the honors and so you're really seeing a a lot of individuals kind of open up their game uh for themselves and 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 it's a much tougher team to defend then and jim has also put them in some different positions he's moved people around in terms of different roles he's also changed the formation at times and a couple of players have really thrived in this i mean kennedy bearden has scored five goals in six games she's got at least one point in every game so she's been a factor offensively in each and every game she's kind of taking over that main primary target greta deloach has been huge off the bench taylor reed has four assists that leads the gliac Chantel carranza had three assists in the first two weeks as well so it's really been a total team effort to find a way to score goals and then in that game against Northern Michigan, you know, Northern's an aggressive team. They're going to be in your jersey. They're tough to beat at their place. And it was scoreless until the 40th minute. Greta made an excellent individual effort on a nice through ball by Kennedy Bearden. It was kind of a race for the ball with the goalkeeper. And Greta was able to get the tip on it. She took the collision, but her individual effort gave the Lakers that sigh of relief that they needed right before halftime. Then they came out in the second half and just dominated. They had three set-piece goals. They were able to get some great combinations going, and they looked like Grand Valley State. Well, we talked about last week, the depth that he is building is really demoralizing to your opponent when he keeps running new lines out there, for lack of a better term, um, and and fresh bodies in the first half. And then so you're at halftime, you're thinking, like, the Lakers are fresh. I mean, they're ready to go. Your opponent is like, I just played the full the full half, right? No substitutions, and that just builds mentally. And then, like you said, you give up that goal late in the half, and so the opponent, you know, Northern Michigan's thinking, "Ah, oh, we're already down one zag, right?" And we're we're bushed. I mean, we're 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 tired, and the Lakers are just getting ready. So uh, that depth is really going to pay dividends on these trips. And then Michigan Tech, I mean, they scored five goals against the Lakers in the spring season. They drew with Grand Valley 2-2 here in the regular season. The Lakers beat them 6-3 in the GLIAC quarterfinals. So they had some confidence that they can score against this team. So for Grand Valley to hold them to just one shot in the first half, had the one nothing lead, really had to be demoralizing for Michigan Tech as well. So Grand Valley State goes on the road, gets those two victories, which were crucial for them to start the conference season 2-0. Now they come back home. They get Parkside on Friday night. Then they'll go take on Purdue Northwest on Sunday on the road. We talked to head coach Jim Conlon yesterday on the Sports Report, so here are his thoughts on his first trip to the Upper Peninsula. Coach, first GLIAC weekend, another long road trip. You come away with two victories. Uh, How was the weekend? Yeah, thanks for having me. And the the weekend was great. I mean, uh, two great opponents up there in the UP. We were able to go up there, uh, execute what we needed to execute, and come home with two victories, which is always nice. It started on Friday night against Northern Michigan, a team that you know is always going to be aggressive. The games in the spring got a little chippy at times. You know they're going to be in your jersey quite a bit. How did the girls respond to that adversity early on? Yeah, we're obviously trying to take this season and and continue on the present looking forward. And and Northern was aggressive. They were uh, intelligent. They were organized. It It was a great soccer match. Uh, I thought our women responded with what we asked them to do and, and again, come out with a hard-fought victory on Friday night. Yeah, that goal in the 40th minute seemed huge, and what an incredible individual effort by Greta to beat the keeper to that ball and get you a goal that you really needed right before the half. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a late-half goal, it's it's nice. I think that's kind of a, a thing in soccer. You get that late-half goal or give up that late-half goal, it, it affects you either way. Uh, but Kennedy and Greta put together a nice combination there, and Greta with a great effort to make sure it hit the back of the net. Then in the second half, it seemed like set pieces were really the key. You guys started getting some good opportunities and really took advantage of them. Yeah, uh, again, we have to give the players all the credit. They were starting to make good reads, right reads at the right time, make the right decision. Uh, You know, the short corner with Alicia and Lexi right away, catch the defense before they could get set, uh, and Seth buried that thing on the backside. Yeah, she was wide open over there in the middle of the box. Really nice design. So you guys get that win. Then you stayed in Marquette, which was pretty cool because volleyball was there. That was a nice little moment there. You guys got to uh, see the volleyball team in action as well. Yeah, that was fun. Anytime Lakers can support the Lakers, it's a good day. And, uh, you know, it worked out that uh, we had to shuffle our schedule around just a hair on Saturday. Uh, Maybe not go up to Tech as early as we would have. But anytime that you're on the road and you know you're going to maybe infuse a little energy in the road team uh, when you don't have your – home fan base there. It was great to support Jason and the, the volleyball women and get a good afternoon of, of camaraderie there. 
Then you go on the road up even further north to Houghton. Curly Stadium's a tough place to go get a result. You guys get the 2-0 victory on Sunday. What did you see from your team on that day? Yeah, I thought tactically we played a good match. I thought Turk and his women had a very good game plan. I thought it was a very back-and-forth game for a long time, just really trying to see how the chess game was going to play out, so to speak, and, and the tactical awareness was just a really entertaining match to be a part of. And, and again, our, our women executed what was being asked of them, which uh, changed a few times in that game. So. Uh, proud of them for that. And there were two shutouts. I want to make sure we highlight the defensive line because they played outstanding, led by Abby Williger, who really had to step out with some players, step up with some players out this week. Yeah, I thought Abby had a great weekend. You know, Callie in the net, Abby uh, in front of her, and then the entire back line. You look at, um, you know, Lexi and Smo and Mac, uh, Mia along that back line, and then Cece came in, did a great job for us inside and out. Uh, so I, I really just pleased with the back line again understanding each other, their gifts, and then playing as a unit. Well, it keeps the undefeated season alive. Also start the conference season 2-0. Now you come back home this weekend. Finally, we haven't seen you in a while. You get a Friday night under the lights against Parkside. What can we expect Friday night? Well, I think we're going to be really excited to be home. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that brings a little extra burst of energy. Uh, we've had two very successful long road trips for both camaraderie off the field and playing style on the field against four quality opponents, which has made us better. But I think it'll be nice to be home. We can't wait to have you back on your home field this weekend. Coach, best of luck. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And another thanks to Coach Conlin for uh, joining us on the Sports Report yesterday. Again, having to wake up after a long trip up to the Upper Peninsula this time. The other team that went up to the UP this past weekend, Volleyball, also had a very successful trip as they go 2-0 against two really good teams. They faced the GLIAC preseason favorite on Friday night in Michigan Tech, then the team that won the GLIAC tournament this past spring on Saturday in Northern Michigan, and they beat both of them with a five-set win over Tech, then a 3-0 win over Northern Michigan. Grand Valley State now 6-4 and on the year, 2-0 and to start conference play. Abby Graham was sensational this past weekend. She hit 4-0-5 between the two combined games to lead the Lakers to victory. She earned GLIAC Player of the Week for the South Division, much deserved for her, and her leadership was also crucial in this two victories for Grand Valley State. And Tim, we talked about it last week, how three of the Lakers' four losses had come in five sets. Grand Valley was 0-3 in those five-set matches. They have another one at Tech, one of the toughest places to play, one of the toughest teams to play in this conference, and they pull out that five-set victory. Had to feel so good for Coach Johnson and those ladies. Well, I don't think it's overstating it, saying that the victory over Michigan Tech is a season-changing victory. Um, you lose another five-setter, you open GLIAC play losing a five-setter at Michigan Tech, now you've lost four five-setters. It, it, it's going to creep in the back of your mind of like, you know, they were playing well, but we just can't get over the hump. Winning that five-setter then changes your whole attitude going to Northern Michigan, which is another tough place to play, mm -hmm. and they're very good at home, and then you just dominate Northern Michigan 3-0. So this weekend was huge for the confidence of that team. Again, and I, it's early in the season, but I don't think you're overstating it when you're saying that victory over Michigan Tech is a season changer and how you approach the rest of the year and getting two GLIAC road wins in the UP, which it, we talked about hasn't happened since 2015. Yeah, it's the first time in six years to be able to go up there and get those two victories against those two schools. And I, I, Coach Johnson said it, it was frankly surprising the way they came out on Saturday. No, it's an emotional win. Friday night. You go five sets. It's late night. You finally get that victory you've been trying to get. You battled for five sets all the way through. Then you got to go down to Marquette, turn back around, play really quickly, less than 24 hours later. So to have the emotional bounce back was pretty impressive too, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, in Northern Michigan, that volleyball gym that they play in is a tough place to play. It's kind of like playing in the South Gym here on campus. It's a, it's a box. It gets loud. Um, the walls are close, and so a lot of balls that you normally get to, you don't get to hit the wall out of play. You know, and so ex uh, extending play is tough in a, in a gym like that. Um, and Northern plays well there. That's that's their surrounding. They know how to play right. in that gym, and that's a decided advantage. Much like Fair State when they play at home, that's a smaller a smaller arena, and and you have to play differently. A lot of balls you get to on the sides and in, in the back, you don't get to because the walls are there. And so it changes the whole game and your approach of how you're going to play the game. Uh, and, you know, I was impressed with the uh, how, you know, the they were very versatile in terms of who they were going to. And everybody played well. I mean, the outside hitters played well. Oh, on Saturday block, particularly, yeah. yes. In the middle, they were blocking balls. You know, service errors were down. Um, 
attack errors were down, and so they really, really got into a flow, in, into a rhythm offensively, and just really tuned it up against Northern Michigan. As our listeners heard in that conversation with Coach Conlon, it was really cool for the women's soccer team mm-hmm. to be able to stick around in Marquette on Saturday as well and watch that game. And if you saw us on social media, the at GVSU soccer account posted a video of the GVSU chant they were doing with some of the volleyball parents that made the trip. So that was a really cool moment as well as those two teams get to kind of interact with each other as they both make that trip up to the UP. And you just mentioned Ferris, and you know what, for volleyball, what a schedule to start their year. you got to go on the UP trip, then you turn around this week and have to play Ferris State on a short week on Thursday night. Those are three of the top three teams in the conference you're playing right off the bat. So we'll see how that emotional check keeps on going. Coach Jason Johnson joined us on the Sports Report yesterday. He broke down those two wins and also previewed Ferris, so here he is now. And Coach, what a way to start GLIAC play. The most difficult road trip for a number of reasons, the length of the trip included. But you come out with two wins. What did you see from your team this weekend? Uh, Again, a lot of resiliency and grit. I mean, three weeks in the road, three weeks in a row on the road. Uh, late return homes after midnight each time. Um, And to go up into the environment we went into against Michigan Tech, an incredibly talented, uh, highly experienced group of kids and played really well. Um, You know, sets two and three got away from us a little bit, but I thought set five was, again, fifth one of the, uh, fourth or fifth one of the year and a five setter for us. And we finally were able to find a way to win one. The SDC gymnasium, such a tough environment to go into in any situation. Plus, they have a ton of talent on that team. You've talked about your team finding a way to win. To see them pull that out against such a good team in that environment was awfully impressive early in this season. Very much so. And again, I think it it came down to senior leadership. I think our two outsides, Allie Thompson and Abby Graham, just had great matches. They locked things down from a ball control standpoint. They led our team emotionally. I think our bench was so key in that match from the standpoint of After we had dropped the fourth set, we came over in between sets uh, four and five, and our bench was the first one to address everybody that was playing. Just the the expectation, the energy, the focus, the desire to finish it the right way this time instead of, you know, coming out a little slow in the in that fifth set. I thought we did a really nice job. After an emotional five set win on the road to turn around the very next day, go to another tough place to play in Marquette to take on Northern Michigan to get the three game sweep was outstanding resilience and bounce back by your squad. Yeah, and again, I would even say even a little surprising at that level. Uh, With what Northern did last year in our abbreviated season, winning Mm -hmm. the conference tournament, being conference champions, uh, their outside attackers are incredibly dynamic, very efficient, um, and I thought we did a nice job against them. But I think we were able to get on top of them early. We dictated pace of game. Our serving and our serve-receive passing game were better than theirs at that point. Uh, and we were able to stay in system. And I think it shows with our hitting efficiencies. We were over 300 in the first two sets, and then the third set alone, we hit 500. And when, able, when you're able to dictate the terms of the offense on your side of the floor, Uh, It just puts other teams on a defensive where it's hard to stay up with a team that's that efficient. Abby was once again excellent. 11 kills, no errors, and 19 total attacks. She hit 579 for the match. But the number that really jumped out to me was Sarah White because Michigan Tech did a pretty good job of making things difficult for her, but boy, did she bounce back on Saturday. Yeah, and again, it comes down to our service passing. With Sarah and Jaleon in the middle, they're very dependent upon how good our ball control is. And I thought that our passers did an incredible job that allowed Sarah to get back into a rhythm, allowed the connection between her and Rachel. Um, and, And even at the end of that, I thought our other Middle Jaleana Primus just did an incredible job of finishing for us. You know, in set five against Michigan Tech and then set three against Northern Michigan, she came up with huge emotional kills when we needed them most. Well, you get the two victories on the road in the UP, 2-0 to start GLIAC play. It doesn't get any easier. you got to go to Ferris no. State this weekend for a rivalry game. We're looking forward to that, Coach. Congratulations on a great start to the conference season. Though. Thanks a lot, Jake. This is Anchor Up Weekly, an in-depth update on GVSU Athletics on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Hey guys, this is Allison Priggy on Anchor Up Weekly. We're joined by sisters Haley and Julia Blaney from the women's volleyball team. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> First of all, I want to say congratulations. Obviously, two big wins up in the UP this weekend against Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech. Take me back to Friday night in Houghton, your first five-set win of the season, first GLIAC win of the season. How important is it for you guys to get that 1-0 start in GLIAC play? It was it was really important for us. All throughout preseason, we played a lot of five-set matches, but unfortunately, we didn't come out on top on most of them. So it was really cool to see how we could finish that set and we could get on top and take that win for Michigan Tech. 
heading into Northern, you know, gym on Saturday, you guys had to be feeling confident, but yet aware that another challenge was in front of you. You know, Northern finished at the top of the league last year. Uh, they're very talented. What was the biggest factor that allowed you guys to pull that win out on Saturday? I think this weekend, um, every single person on our team bought in and really committed to our goals and what we wanted to accomplish this weekend. And I think that was the main thing, like all the energy and all the support from one another. Um, we knew that it was going to take us all to pull those two off. So Haley, you know, you've been here for two years, you're going into your third season now. What's some of the biggest changes that you've seen um, within the program, the culture, the girls, like what's some of the biggest differences that you see? Um, yeah, just the culture, like from my freshman year to now, um, I can just see how we've all grown, especially since I've been playing with the same individuals um, since my freshman year, pretty much because we've had my our my class and the class above me are two rather larger classes. Um, so we've just been able to build together and really support one another. And I just think we've grown a ton. So in your opinion, then how do you think that these two GLIAC wins are going to set the tone for the rest of the GLIAC season? I think it's huge. I think we're going to do big things this season. Um, taking on the two like top people in our conference, that's huge for us. So, you know, it's a big confidence boost. And Julia, you know, you're just starting out as a freshman and you're in the rotation a lot. Tell me a little bit about what your experience has been like so far. It's been super awesome. All the upperclassmen are super nice and welcoming on and off the court. So that's been super, super nice. And there's actually only three of us freshmen, so we've gotten a lot of time to bond and stuff, which is nice. It's been fun so far. Next Gliat game is Thursday, September 23rd against local rivals Ferris State. Everyone's excited to watch that match. Um, but I want to jump into a more obvious topic. You guys are sisters. You're at the same school. You're on the same volleyball team. And it's a unique and special experience that you guys get to share together. So can you talk to me a little bit about what that process looked like? You know, was this always part of the plan? Is this something that you guys have dreamed of? Or like, how did this kind of come together? So throughout my recruiting process, like Haley and I had not had this planned at all. Um, it was completely separate from Haley. I have a twin sister who went to Rhode Island. So the recruiting process was really me with her instead of me with Haley, if that makes any sense. Um but when I, I narrowed down my schools to like four schools and I like knew I wanted to come to Grand Valley. So that's when I brought up the conversation with Haley and was like, how does this make you feel? How like, do you want me to come? Do you not? And here we are. So. So what's your twin sister up to? Like, how did that kind of play out? Did you guys always think that you were going to go to the same school? And was she interested in Grand Valley as well? Um, she never looked at Grand Valley. She was more of an adventurous one and she wants to get out of Michigan. So we did get, um, one offer at the same school, but since we are in the same class and play the same position, it was super rare that that happened. So we kind of like grew to understand that we weren't going to be going to the same college. We didn't know we were going to be 14 hours apart, but we didn't know, <laughs> like we knew we were probably going to have to separate and stuff. So Haley, so obviously you were already here at Grand Valley. But what were your initial thoughts when your sister proposed the idea of coming and playing volleyball with you? It's super crazy. It was super crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had played with both my sisters throughout high school, so it wasn't anything new. And it's a blessing at the very least. So I was super excited to hear about it, but wanted her to be able to make her own decision. So then Haley, you graduated from Selene High School. Um, and began playing here as a freshman in 2019. Why Grand Valley? What made you want to come here and play volleyball at Grand Valley State? I've always loved this school. Um, just the campus is beautiful. I love that we are 20 minutes from a beautiful downtown and 20 minutes from the beach. Um, it's not too far from home, so it's about two hours from Ann Arbor, which is where we are from. Um, and then at the time, like my sisters were, were still in high school. And so I was still trying to navigate that and um, being away from home and whatnot. So that was a big factor, I'd say, because I'm super close to my family and with both my sisters. Yeah, I just thought all the people were amazing that I met um, when every time that I came to visit coaches, uh, past players, my teammates now. So 
super friendly environment. With siblings, you just kind of never know what the dynamic is like, if they're close, if they're not very close, especially sisters. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like for you guys being there? Do you live together? Do you hang out a lot? Do you kind of hang out in different groups? What does that look like? So we do not live together. I live in on-campus apartments. She's on off-campus apartments. I mean, obviously we have the volleyball team to both connect with and like have the same girls on that team, but um, I have a couple friends from home that come here. So like I hang out with them and we definitely run in different circles just because of our age gap and her being here, knowing a lot of people and me just meeting new people right now. So what's the dynamic like at practice? Do you guys get along? Do you bicker? Do you um, help each other out? Do you secretly want to like throw a volleyball at the other one? Like your sister, <laughs> you have to be competitive, right? So what's the dynamic look like at practice? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're both just super supportive of one another. Um, I know like some of my teammates, like or some of our teammates, sorry, <laughs> like make comments like, do you guys like yell at each other? Like you guys can just like, you know, get so mad and like beat up the other, like one another. And I'm like, no, like that's just not how we work. Like we're just, you know, super supportive of one another and yeah, I just want to make each other better. So we do get competitive though. It's not like, yeah. we're just like, oh, good job. It's like, I want to beat you, but like, it's still like a sport of competitiveness. This has to mean a lot to you guys, but what do you think it means to your parents and your family and all of those that get to, you know, share this experience with you? They get to look down and see two of their daughters like playing on the same court, being a part of the same team. What do you think that means to your family? Um, I think it means a lot. I think it, especially not even like emotionally, but like schedule wise, like them trying to navigate going to Rhode Island and watching my twin sister. It's just Rhode Island and Green Valley, whether if I was to go down south, they'd have to navigate down south, Grand Valley and Rhode Island. So like time, like time wise and like that stuff, they really appreciate that. But I think they, re they were really excited for me when I chose to come to Grand Valley and they were, they love the school here and they're super supportive. More importantly, and in conclusion, what does it mean to each of you to be here together, share this experience, and to share like so many memories that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life? It's such a blessing. Like, it's crazy to me to think about how many people don't get the opportunity to even play a college sport, and we have the opportunity to play a college sport with one another. And it's just incredible. And I know we're just starting been three weeks so far but um I'm so excited for the next couple of years yeah to piggyback off that it's like super awesome to get to share this experience together and like the uh couple wins we got like that was super cool the experience together and like not even just like in volleyball but like out of volleyball like having an older sister here has been like incredibly helpful like just figuring out how to print something at the library like having Haley like mentor me on that was like it's just so helpful for all the little things too well, Haley and Julia, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Congrats uh, on the wins this weekend and good luck on Thursday against Ferris. Thank, thank you, you so much. Anchor Up Weekly presented by DTE Energy on the Grand Valley Sports Network. The GBSU men's and women's cross country teams proved that they can keep up and beat D1 schools at the Spartan Invite in East Lansing over the weekend. The men's team dominated the field, taking first place. The women's team took second overall, but were first among Division II schools with 73 points. Joining us now to talk about his teams is head coach Jerry Baltus. And coach, great to have you back here on set. Great to have cross country back. Two meets already in the books. How's it gone so far? Yeah, certainly uh, great to be uh, back in the studio, but. Uh, even more so great to uh, be back on the cross-country course. And uh, we've had two uh, great meets so far, uh, a couple weeks ago at Calvin in town here, and then last Friday at, at Michigan State uh, getting things rolling and feel pretty good about where we're at. Obviously, you had the indoor and outdoor season last year but didn't have cross-country. There's a little bit of a different semantic now running on the outdoor courses like this. What have you done to kind of get them back ready to go into the cross-country season so quickly? Well, we're just getting back to training, but no doubt, uh, you know, you look at the competition uh, Friday and we had great results, but we, we were certainly a little rusty and got a lot of work to do. So that's, uh, you know, uh, positive to, to come out of there with a, a win against Michigan State and the rest of the field on the men's side and our women to mix it up with, with our, the Michigan State women who were fifth at the NCAA championships last year in the D1 level. They did have a cross-country season in March 
uh, with their national championships. So that they at least got some races in last year where we got no cross country races. And that's certainly different than, um, you know, the track. Uh, fortunately, we did get uh, those opportunities. But uh, yeah, we just got to get back out there and get back at it and, and bust the rust off and keep making steady progress. As you focus on this year, who are some of the student athletes on the men's and women's side we should keep an ear out for? Yeah, on the women's side, uh, this past weekend, Hannah Roski uh, Becker um, led us, uh, ran a real solid race. And then Claudia O'Malley uh, didn't have a great race, but competed uh, well over the second half and, and uh, looked great. Uh, Natalie Graber, uh, Taryn Chapko, uh, to name a few. We've got a lot of upperclassmen ladies, uh, Lucy uh, Carpacuno, um, Lindsay Amthor, those individuals we really need to step up. And then the person I was really pleased with this last weekend was Sarah May, uh, took a great step forward, was in our top five, and she's going to be an important piece of the puzzle. And the guys side, we're really, really deep and, and a lot, a lot of experience. So, you know, our list on, on the guys side is, is 10 to 15 deep. Uh, of course, Tanner Chatta up front led us the other day. Him and Isaac Harding uh, rolled together. Uh, then you look at, uh, we got transfer Jake Lee from Michigan, Caleb Futter, uh, Andrew Highland's been awesome. Uh, Colin DeYoung ran well. Jesse Becker, Colin Schwartz, uh, Ben Zaremba. We got a whole crew of guys that, that can really step in and help us at a high level. So it'll be interesting who steps up and, and gets the job done when the time comes. Well, this was an awesome weekend for your entire program. Not only did your cross country teams perform so well, then on Saturday at Lubber Stadium, you got to celebrate those two national championships. What a weekend for your team. Yeah, it was great to uh, uh, come back together. Uh, you know, at noon, we, we had uh, the team, last year's team back, their families did a presentation uh, of the championship watches and, and rings uh, to our squads and did a tailgate and then to honor uh, our teams uh, at halftime of the football game was just uh, extraordinary and on top of that football getting a win and then probably uh, one of the highlights for me was was bringing coach Klinger Bill Klinger back who was our first uh, head coach in in, uh, in Grand Valley's history coach from 1968 to 1990 so 22 years and him and his wife and, and his two sons and daughter-in-law were, were back and and they include him in the celebration uh, was special to me and I know it was special to them. Uh, he was the one that started everything and certainly started it with a lot less resources than we have today. <laughs> Some of the stories uh, he's shared over the years about traveling to, to meets in, in a station wagon, cramming seven people in and you know uh, barely having enough uniform, all that stuff and he worked really really hard to, to lay the foundation for our program for where it is today. Must have been awesome for him to see the spoils of his labor as well, to see the results you guys are putting up now. All right, let's turn our attention to the future of the cross-country season. We're ramping up here towards GLIAX here in just a few weeks. What's next for this cross-country program? Yeah, just getting back to training here. Uh, two weeks to, to train hard and keep making progress. And then uh, in two weeks, uh, we'll split our squad. We're going to send our, our top runners down to Louisville, get some good competition against um, all over the country. Uh, and then our, our second crew will compete at Notre Dame that same weekend. So, Coach, once again, great to have you back in studio. Looking forward to talking to you again real soon. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, what an awesome weekend for track and field and cross country to not only have that showing they did in East Lansing, but then turn around, get to celebrate at Lubber Stadium in front of 9,500 people celebrating those two national championships. And well-deserved for them, but an awesome weekend for them, Tim. And that kind of kicks off our roundup of what else happened in GVSU athletics here this week. Well, the women's tennis team went down to Indianapolis and played the I ITA Regionals, hosted by the University of Indianapolis, Lakers had, the, the Laker women had a nice showing. Vasilia Griva and uh, Stav, Stavania Hernandez, and that's a tough one to get off the tongue, uh, <laughs> uh, won the B draw in doubles uh, with a 4-0 record. And uh, also uh, in, the, uh, in singles action, uh, Vera Griva and Olivia Huang were able to make it to the quarterfinals. Stefania Hernandez made it to the uh, semifinals, going 3-1 and one in, in, in the B draw of the uh, singles action. And so it was a nice showing for the Lakers uh, down in Indianapolis, a very, very tough regional tournament, the ITA regionals. Uh, the Midwest region is extremely strong in women's tennis. Uh, Indianapolis is a very good team, along with Springfield. And, and, and the GLVC in total uh, is a very strong conference. And so to go down there and do well, in the A and B draws and both singles and doubles action. Uh, very nice showing. And this weekend now, Grand Valley will host the men's side of the ITA regionals at four various sites throughout the Grand Rapids area, Grand Valley State, Zealand High School, Granville Junior High, 
and Unity Christian High School will be those sites. It starts on Friday, uh, and they'll be playing those sites. And then as, as it pairs down, the sites become uh, more more geared towards Grand Valley and their uh, outdoor tennis courts. Yep, they're on campus here this week. A reminder, women's tennis used to have a fall GLIAC championship season then a spring NCAA championship. Two years ago, that was moved by the conference. So the women and men's tennis teams now both play their GLIAC and NCAA championships in the spring. That was supposed to take effect last year. Obviously, nobody played in the fall of last year. So just wanted to remind you of that if you were looking for when women's tennis would begin GLIAC play. GVSU women's soccer is at home this Friday, then on the road on Sunday. Volleyball on the road this week as well. They go to Ferris State on Thursday and then go to Davenport on Friday. Football makes the long trek all the way up to take on Michigan Tech and Houghton. And the women's golf team will be hosting in conjunction with Ferris State a tournament held at uh, the Meadows and Katkakee Golf Course at Ferris State University. The first day is 36 holes at Grand Valley, and the next two days are 18 holes each day in, in Big Rapids. And it's, uh, it's one tournament played at two different sites, and so it's a 72-hole tournament, uh, which will help them in terms of uh, regional rankings and national rankings because the more holes you play, the higher you can be ranked. That's right, and golf is similar to tennis in the sense that they play their championship season mm -hmm. in the spring, but these fall regional events do really matter for those rankings going into next year because obviously here in the north, you only get so many opportunities to play golf in the spring before it's time to play in regional and NCAA championships. One other news item for you, Ryan Schalk was named an assistant softball coach this week. Head coach Dana Callahan hiring the 2004 GVSU grad. He also coached the Lakers as a part-time assistant back in 2017. He was at University of Toledo the last two years, so looking forward to having him back on campus, a Laker for a lifetime, back to work with the softball team. Tim, did we miss anything? No, I think we got it all. All right, well, great job as always. Another episode of Anchor Up Weekly is in the books. As you heard, we've got another busy week on taps. We look forward to breaking it all down for you next week. Tim and I will be on the road in Houghton this Saturday. We'll have the call of the GBSU football game for you on our sister station, LAV. We'll talk to you this weekend from Houghton, and we'll talk to you next week right here with the Anchor Up Weekly Show, powered by DTE Energy. Thanks to Brian Fongers back in our studios. A big thanks to Allison Priggy and the Blaney sisters for joining us on the program as well. For Tim, this is Jake saying so long, and as always, Anchor Up. Thanks for listening to Anchor Up Weekly on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Miss any part of the show? Look for the Anchor Up podcast, available tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts. Anchor Up Weekly is powered by DTE Energy. Know your own power. A special thanks to our partners Coors Light, Country Dairy, Noir Brothers, and True Value. Stay up to date on all things Lakers by following at GVSU Lakers on social media at GVSULakers.com. This has been a special presentation of the Grand Valley Sports Network. We now return you to regularly scheduled programming. Thank you.